Welcome to the Resurrection People podcast with Preston Sharp, pastor of Sacrament Church in Nashville, Tennessee, and curator of The Art of Preaching. Each week, we look at three readings from the Bible, drawn from the Revised Common Lectionary. Find more at theartofpreaching.substack.com. Welcome back to the Resurrection People podcast. Today, we are looking at the epistle reading for the fourth Sunday of Advent, which comes from Romans 16, verses 25 through 27. Three little verses here, but it all kind of makes up just one sentence. These verses mark the end of Paul's letter to the Romans, and he ends with doxology, which is a praise to God. Now, this kind of ending was unique to Judaism. This is how uh, the Jewish people ended their letters, but pagan people didn't end their letters this way. So Paul continues in that tradition. Again, like I said, this sentence, um, these two verses or three verses make up just one sentence. If it was written today by an English student, it would probably get poor marks for grammar because it just goes on and on and on. Paul piles these clauses on top of each other, giving us the sense he's passionate about the words. They're just like falling off the page. He has so much to say. Paul is saying, to God be the glory forever, verse 27. In fact, even though this is the end of the verses, it's the foundation of the entire thing. If we think back towards the beginning of the biblical story with Adam falling into sin, this represents the failure to give glory to God. Well, early in the letter, Paul has said that we all since then have fallen short of the glory of God, Romans 3.23. Then the letter goes on to tell us about the reversal of that reality. Salvation is about humanity giving glory to God and sharing in the hope of glory. We see that all throughout this letter. Paul lists a few reasons for giving glory to God. First, God gives the church the strength that they need through the gospel. Verse 25. What is the gospel? It is the proclamation of the news about the death and resurrection of the Messiah, Jesus, and God's reconciliation of the world through him. So they've been given the strength through this gospel. They have the strength that they need. Second, the gospel is the age-old story of God, Israel, and the world. Now, there were some ancient Jewish texts which spoke of God revealing mysteries that had never been known, kind of out of nowhere. But Paul's not saying that. He's saying something else. He's saying that this is actually nothing new. It's not out of nowhere. It's not out of left field. To the contrary, God's character is consistent and the story of Jesus is the fulfillment of Israel's story and the human story. What's happening now is all of that is being revealed. Paul often uses the term, but now, as he goes on to describe the ways in which God is acting in the present time. So it used to be this way, but now this thing is being revealed. Third, the gospel has been spread around the world to bring about obedience by faith. Then there's another layer. This gospel has been made known through the Old Testament prophets. This has come about because of God's command. What God promised has been fulfilled in Jesus, and the same God is still at work today as the gospel is proclaimed. This has happened through God's own command. Verse 26, this is the act of the free will of God, not out of coercion, or out of historical happenstance, this is God speaking by grace. 
And Paul ends with, to the only wise God, through Jesus Christ, to whom be the glory forever. Amen. Paul calls him the only wise God. In a world of so much kind of, quote, wisdom, there is only one God who is truly wise. God is not just wise in the sense that human beings are wise, but no, all wisdom comes from him. And then we have here at the end the word amen. Amen is not just an insignificant throwaway line. It's not just the equivalent of saying goodbye at the end of a phone call. In some ways, amen seals the entire prayer, blessing, letter. It is a word of authority, of affirmation. Amen is a word of confidence, even as we know that faith must is, means never being certain of something. Faith is trusting in something. In that sense, it's not a word of certainty. It's a word of trust. And I'll end here with a quote from Benjamin Myers. He writes, In the Gospels, Jesus often begins his sayings with the striking preface, Amen, amen, I say to you. He alone has the authority to pronounce the amen. He says the amen not in agreement to anyone else's word, but as an expression of his own authority. His word is truth not because it meets any external criteria of truthfulness, but because he is himself the standard against which all other claims to truth are measured. It is he who looks into the depths of God and tells us what he sees. His word is yes and amen. In fact, the book of Revelation goes so far as to name him, quote, the amen, the faithful and true witness. In him, the amen to God has become personified. So Paul here, in saying amen, he is saying, in the name of Jesus, the one who is ultimately able to say amen, we say, so be it. Let it be done. We trust in God. Thanks for listening to the Resurrection People podcast. Subscribe, rate, and review to help us get the word out. You can hear full sermons at sacramentchurch.com and find out more at theartofpreaching.substack.com.